0: The car you drive every day should be fun.
1: But it has to do the boring stuff too, like commute, be affordable, and haul your groceries.
0: You can have both, and we'll help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this
1: is the Everyday Driver Car to The gentleman who bought my first Porsche Cayman S emailed me this mm-hmm. week. Oh yeah? Yeah. He popped up after a couple of years, and okay. just checking back in. Super nice guy. I'm gonna give him a yeah. really a great shout out here. He said, "Hey, I'm selling your car." I thought, "Well, it's yours." Wow!
0: But yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> you know, he said, "I'm selling my car. I just wanted to check in. Hope you're well. All this stuff." And I'm selling it. It's up for sale because I bought a GT4. I went. You've Ooh! Got to be kidding me! <laughs> Ooh!
0: So, uh, (laughs) the the disease has struck with him. Where, where where's he again? He's somewhere. He was a long way away from LA when you sold it, you sold it out of LA, but where is he?
1: Yes. He's up in Montana as a matter of fact, and he is the founder of a footwear company that is for outdoor trail and hiking. It's called Oboz. Sure. Sure. O-B-O-Z. So they don't sponsor us, but I just wanted to give him a really nice shout out. So check out his footwear company and, uh, they're really sturdy shoes. They're great. He even gave me free shoes and Asked if mm-hmm. I needed any more shoes in the email. He's been really, really kind. Well, and, uh, but he got a he nice got friendship. a
0: certified Paul-owned Porsche Cayman. I mean, well, your car, <laughs> he got it for a good price, and it was super clean when you sold it. So well, uh, And yes, now, clearly, yes. he's caught the bug if he's getting a GT4. I mean, that's amazing.
1: Yeah, he, he took delivery of it, and it's the same color as my GTS. And I went, oh, my gosh, this thing's beautiful. Oh, wow. And he said his wife wanted him to get the GTS, but he just had to go for the GT4. I'm thinking, good for you. Mm. Well Mm, done. Wow. And so I thought, you know what? I emailed him back and said, by the way, how much are you selling it for? And what's the mileage? And have you had any problems whatsoever? Because I wanted to Mm, update mm, everybody on the podcast. And Todd and I drove this car. This was our black Cayman S review, 2007 Mm -hmm. Cayman S. That was my car for about three years. And I sold to this gentleman. And uh, we love the car. So that's, uh, if you want to see it. And uh, it's for sale currently. Uh, he posted it on the Porsche Club of America site, as well as a yeah, bunch yeah, of yeah. other places. And uh, so he emailed back and said fifty-two thousand miles. He's asking wow. twenty-six seven fifty, so twenty-six grand, almost okay. twenty-seven okay. grand. That's excellent which is for that a car. Yeah, pretty good price. Fifty-two grand, yeah. fifty-two thousand miles. And he said not one problem. I thought, now,
0: what was the mileage when you sold it? How much has he put on it? I sold it with uh,
1: thirty-eight thousand. So he put okay, about 15, right, fifteen somewhere, fourteen, fifteen on it, something
0: yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah, and he's in, he's uh, had it a couple of years at least, two years. So uh, he said the only okay, thing it's done right.
1: is is tires. The only thing it's chewed through is tires. And I thought, well, of course, but other than that, yeah. not yeah, a problem. Yeah. And I thought that is fantastic news. It actually, the thought crossed my mind about buying it back and turning it into a track car. But then I thought, (laughs) where do the dollars for that project come from? I'm not really sure. Seriously, (laughs) come on.
0: Come on. If we were a different show than we are, why not? But that's not the reality. However, I do find it funny. How cool is that? Exactly. Yeah, it it would be cool. I do find it funny, though, that your former 07 Cayman S has fewer miles on it now than my 2013 FRS. So, uh, oh, wow. yeah. That's a good and I point. have little doubt. I have little doubt that your Cayman is in far better shape than my FRS is. Not that I beat on my FRS inordinately, I'm just not you. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I know the quality of the car he got. It was gorgeous, but it's cool that it's, that it's come around again and he bothered to take the time to reach out. That's awesome.
1: I bet you he'd take 26 grand if you called him now. I bet you he'd take 26. Cars up in Montana if you want it, and uh, black on tan. It's, it's quite a car. It's actually so.
0: gorgeous. It's actually got some really cool kind of black accents and kind of non-factory plan, planned parts on it, yeah. which really kind of sets it off. Yeah. I always thought the interior of that was really, really great. So that's very cool. Well, I mean, clearly the footwear business is good. Uh, He's (laughs) buying a GT4. But bless him for buying a GT4. And and clearly, we've given him the disease. Yes. You know, I mean, that's that's the other big part of this. But I think that's awesome. Well, he had started following the show
1: because of this. He didn't know. And I made him aware. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And then he watched the review after he bought the car. And it was great. It was really
0: cool. You know, we still are, are trying to get together. We definitely want to do a Generations of the Cayman video uh, oh, since yeah. we talked the Cayman up so much. And the prices range so wildly from, you know, you can get yourself a $20,000 first-gen non-S all the way up to the GT4 Monster and everything in between. It'd be very cool. So hopefully we'll put that together. kind of sparks me again to hear about that one being sold, but uh, we'll definitely have to do that. Um, but guess what guess what we 've been uh, thinking about this week you 'll <laughs> never get you'll never my guess
1: i 've just been sitting yeah. around eating bonbons i, I don 't know nothing's
0: going on uh, yeah if you 're listening to this on Friday uh, by the time you listen to this you 'll be about twenty four hours away from us being on velocity, our premiere on velocity, and that is quite shocking and the ironic part is. This. <laughs> when we're playing on Velocity, we won't even be able to watch it because we'll be in L.A. shooting the last episode for this first season. Yep. yep. So it's the the amount of stuff that has gone on in this last couple of weeks before it. Gosh. I mean, that's why we're talking about it so much is because it has tried to consume us. We are still pumping out content for the channel. Uh, we're still pumping out content for obviously this podcast and other things, but the amount of stuff that has popped up and been like surprise for television <laughs> has been shocking. I wanted to talk about a couple of them because you asked a ton of great Facebook and Instagram questions uh, all over the place. We do have two oh, car yeah. debates coming, but I wanted to cover two TV-related questions right up front because that's where our head is. And the, both the questions kind of made me laugh because they're they're really they're very thoughtful. So I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> They're they're responding to the fact that if you look at our website now, we have posted our whole first season listing. You can see what episodes are playing and what dates they're playing on. Mm, Three of those episodes you've never seen on YouTube. And the rest of them, I will fully admit, they are YouTube repurposed content. One of the questions came in from Lucky Jerk. He wrote in and he said, are you a Lucky Jerk? Anyway, he wrote in and said, "Um, (laughs) how are we using those? Are they pretty much the YouTube version or have we changed them? In most cases, they are cut down and kind of slimmed down for television. Of course, they now have commercial breaks. In some cases, I actually think the episode wound up stronger. In other cases, I miss some of the content because sure. I'm cutting from sure. something that was 40 minutes long down to 22, and stuff just goes that I liked. Now, well, it's not that yeah. the piece is incoherent now. It's the realities it's just
1: of going to little... TV. It's the realities of totally. going and fitting in. And you've told me they have to be 22 mm-hmm. minutes exactly, not kind of yep. not close. Yep. They've got to be dead on the right. money for, mm-hmm. you know, filling that time slot. So that's why, you know, yeah, you you've, you've got to make those decisions. I'm glad yep. that you are, but uh, you know, one of those things Yeah, so some I guess. of
0: them some of them actually play really really well in, in the format. And others of them, they still play well. They still play coherent. I just know, because I know the piece, some of the little asides that got taken out. But I'm very curious to hear from you guys how you think it plays. Mm-hmm. Because it's Great. a little bit different format, obviously, and we're excited about it. So that's what's up. Um, and then, of course, we do have those three out of the, the nine episodes that are that are airing and the rest of reruns. But out of the nine episodes, three of them haven't been on YouTube. They will make their way to YouTube. We'll keep you informed on that as soon as it happens. It's not going to be yes, like, yes. end of the year, it'll be not that far away. Right, so that's one right. question. And then did you see this one? Hmm. I don't know if, uh, how, what other videos you've seen, but Savage Geese wrote in on on Instagram. And, and thank you, guys. I'm glad you're following the show. We actually really like your work. So uh, thank you for writing in and following what we do. You said you set th- – <laughs> I, I can't blame you because this is a problem for me too. You said you set your DVR and you're looking at the thumbnail and you commented to me – that the thumbnail picture makes me look like I'm standing there kind of like an idiot and drooling, which is fair. <laughs> I, I, need, I need to rant for a minute about that thumbnail.
1: Yeah, and it's I, I'm looking at it right here on, on Instagram. It's pretty funny.
0: <laughs> clear, clear, the, clear the schedule because I need to rant. Uh-oh. I have tried for like three weeks to provide proper thumbnail images for Velocity and elsewhere. My understanding was everybody was going to kind of feed off Velocity. Now, you guys need to kind of understand our deal is a little bit unique. It's similar to the deal that Mighty Carmod's gotten, got and a few other people. If you look on Velocity's schedule of, on their website of things they're pushing, for example, you'll notice they aren't pushing us and they aren't p- – pushing Marty Karma. They're pushing their primetime shows that they produce. Right, the stuff they right. don't produce, they aren't really promoting. They're excited we're on, but because they don't have to make their own money back, they're not promoting us, really. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the, the thing about that is Straight while they're, yeah, exactly. Because we get to keep the rights. That's the upside. Exactly. Exactly. So while they're not promoting us, they're, of course, taking in thumbnails and that kind of thing. And they're putting up all our content. And, and you'll see the descriptions and all that somehow in all of this i don't know who did it but somebody went looking for a thumbnail before we provided them and and used some side by side still of the two of us from an faq video like 4 years ago
1: yeah oh my gosh they
0: they didn't even pick a good frame i'm again i'm standing there in the middle of a words i look like i'm having a stroke you and then and you're standing there kind of looking at camera kind of kind of smiling but the problem then is only half of the frame gets used for the thumbnail. So now it's just me looking like I'm having a stroke. And it's awesome. out of date. It doesn't have any cars in it. I, I, don't, I don't know who went and got this thumbnail. It didn't come from us. But yet you guys are sending us thank you. All of these images of, hey, look, you're on my DVR. And I'm like, well, yeah, the, my like idiot brother version is on your DVR. <laughs> so, yeah, I, we have some cool thumbnails that are out there. Actually, the ones that are on our website for all these episodes are those thumbnails. We've got a lot of other kind of show branding stuff that's out there. Hopefully, you'll see that eventually. So, I don't have to look at me all season. Yeah. Uh, but well, thank I'm, you for those of you that are setting the DVR. Uh,
1: yeah, thank you as well. I'm wondering if this just was pulled by somebody that needed something really fast, and I'm hoping the thumbnails that we've sent in migrate mm-hmm. to this, the proper
0: agreed. You know, agreed. the
1: proper look, proper format, because we didn't have any control. You and I didn't even know this was happening. Of course. No. It's to be expected because they've got to pull something to start syndicating mm-hmm. this out for the DVRs for the selection, but we didn't even know and they didn't come to us and ask. It would have been nice to say, "Hey guys, could you provide something, you know, that works that you approve sure. of? This we didn't yeah. approve. We just it was just grabbed from somewhere."
0: And, and we're not hard to find. You can you can whatever. email us quite easily. But we did yeah. actually get contacted this week by kind of an umbrella company, Grace Note, that actually deals with a lot of this stuff, actually contacted us in the last week or so and they wanted to fill up their library of for folks that are asking. So we sent them all the thumbnails that Velocity has. So again, this is me ranting about stuff that may not matter to you guys, but I'm out there, again, looking like the Frankenstein version of me representing the show, and it it frustrates me, but hey, we are on. We're coming either way.
1: Exactly. And switching to a last bit of news here before we jump into the car debates here, and that is to give you all a heads up that some sponsorship and partner advertisements are coming to the podcast. Yes, they mm-hmm. are. We will preview them. They are Amsoil and Covercraft. Uh, they're friends of ours, and we're looking forward to promoting them. And they are, uh, like I said, yeah. they're friends of the show. They're helping us out, and they're helping us make more content as well. And we get to talk about them, and I, I'm mm-hmm. I'm digging in. They're fantastic companies, and we're really excited to have these as partners with us and uh, more to come on that. But just wanted to give you all, as I said, a heads up, those are coming. That's changing the structure of the podcast a little bit, but – as you bit. know it, yeah. all the content, it's going to be, remain the same. Still write into us, everyday driver, at, everyday driver TV at Gmail, and also on the mm-hmm. website. So, everydaydriver.com, while you're looking at the TV schedule, send us a note mm-hmm. on there as well. <laughs> It's, <laughs> tell tell it's me how much up. you
0: dislike the thumbnail. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, but but the thing is, these two companies are are the major sponsors of our TV season, which we're excited about. So we're going to be discussing them a little bit here as well. So I just want you guys to know that the reason we're talking about them is because they're we're fans of them, they're fans of the show, and it's allowing us to do more. So that's why we're going to do agreed, it. Agreed.
1: Agreed. Yep. That's uh, just wanted to give you that. Uh, so let's jump into some car debates. So we've got time for questions. There's a boatload here on uh, all mm-hmm. these social media platforms here. So yeah. we're going to try to get to yeah, a few yeah. of those. I've pulled some, and and we will do our best here. But let's just jump right in to Michael in North New Jersey, who's writing to us. Yep. The headline here is, he's got the disease, and he's shopping for his fiance. The good news yes. about this podcast is we get to talk more about SUVs. I mean, maybe there might mm-hmm. be some cars thrown in here, but it's mainly, mm-hmm. what SUVs can I get for my fiance. But I want to start with him. He's a car enthusiast. He's got a 2013 Audi S6 with an APR Mm -hmm. stage tune and downpipes. Holy moly. And get this, a 2015 Porsche 991 GT3. He takes it to the track and he said, I wasn't even looking to get one, but it sort of fell into my lap. And the story is not (laughs) detailed here, but I would like to know, how does one have a 991 GT3 fall into their laps?
0: You know what happened. You know what happened. How? I, I can guess. He went to the Nürburgring... (laughs) <laughs> and ran into the dispenser that he gives them out.
1: into the dispenser and maybe because, it just shook one out accidentally. Exactly.
0: Because if you're at either the Nurburgring or Spa, of we course. haven't found it. But apparently, there's like a magical box somewhere. You walk around mm-hmm. a corner and they give you a GT3. Because for as rare as those cars are, they're everywhere in those two towns. You don't have one and you just feel like you. you know, why am I here? You know. Still so been looking so clearly, for it on Google Michael, Maps.
1: Can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> and the search remains. Michael
0: went there. Michael went there and got one out of the dispenser, I guess, and shipped it back, so it fell in his lap. Hmm. So he has that car. Thank so you're he, right. As you as you said, he has the disease, he has cars he loves. This isn't for him. This is for his fiance. And we've talked about this a lot. There is a thing about SUVs, it's the it's the best selling market segment and the small five seat SUV is pretty much ruling right now. Oh That's yeah. That's what she's yep. looking at. Uh she, she currently drives a Nissan Sentra. Of course, they're getting her out of that. She wants a small SUV, she thinks. So she looked at the Nissan Rogue, and Michael went, please don't. Please, please don't. Honey, <laughs> let me find you something. So he's building a list, and he's come to us for help. And so we're shopping for an SUV. I like it.
1: He's got one of the widest budgets, the widest budget range I think I've encountered so far. So get this.
0: Yeah, 35K yeah.
1: 35K all the way up to the Paul limiter of 55K. $20,000 yeah. spread in here, and he's given us quite a list that includes a mm-hmm. lot of good stuff, a lot of the usual suspects, as Todd said, that five-seat category. Think Audi A5, X3, You know, even mm-hmm. Macans, the Touareg, the Volvos, all these cars are in there. He even suggested the Audi all-road wagon, which is great, but mm-hmm. I, I do agree that she needs – I think she's going to appreciate something a little bit higher, something like that, but of course – the car she's coming out of, anything we suggest will be better. We are sorry that she drives a 2015 Nissan Sentra. Our hearts are bleeding, and we're doing our best <laughs> to help her. We're, well, we're yeah. thrilled to know that Lisa's coming up and she's getting out of that car. It's Nissan's Corolla, and I've driven it. it is. And I it rather is. dislike it.
0: Yes. Well, you know. But it's it's one of those cars like the Corolla, not designed for us. It's not. No. It's it's, it's a transportation device. It okay. is. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. So so the cool thing is, hopefully we can find Michael's fiance, a car she really, really likes. And and you do have mostly these five-seat SUVs on your list. You've got a couple of cars. I, I have a couple of all of the above. I've got a couple of cars I think you should look at that aren't on your list. I have a couple of comments about some of the SUVs on your list because it's a lengthy list. And then I wanted to also comment about some of the SUVs on your list that I really think you should avoid. Uh, There's good stuff here, though.
1: Well, he's got the New York Auto Show coming up for 2017 to go check some stuff out. And I think, think, Michael, your big point is not to have to go to a bunch of dealerships to try out all these various Mm -hmm. cars. I mean, at Mm -hmm. the dealer or at the auto show, yes, you can climb into a lot of them. But of course test drives are kind of out the window. So you are going to have to whittle the list down after hearing our suggestions and then go, at least go sit in, you know, the handful, the select few that you're really interested in. And then you yeah, are great. going to kind of have to go to various dealers. In a lot of cities, those dealerships are generally close by. They sort of have dealership row, kind of depends on the town or city you're at. Sure. But generally yeah, speaking, yeah. car dealerships are cloistered together. And so it kind of makes it easy to go shopping, you know, for a Saturday. So think about that. But, man, what a list. He starts off with the F-Pace, the Jaguar F-Pace, which is something she really liked when it came out. Mm -hmm. He's got the Mm -hmm. all-road wagon on here, as I said. Man, Mazda CX-9, Land Rover Discovery. Which is the
0: the biggest one on here. But, yeah, we've got a range between the small-ish wagon in the A4 – And the big seven-seaters, like he's got, yeah, Audi Q7 and Mazda CX-9. And we've got that full range to cover. There's so much stuff here. Keep going.
1: Discovery, Grand Cherokee, Mercedes GLC. Of course, you've got to have Cayennes and Macans on the list, but I do want to speak to those. Touareg XC70, XC90, and you even Mm -hmm. suggested a GMC Terrain. So you're very much all over the map. Oh, and a Hyundai Santa Fe. So it seems yeah. like you're kind of listing just a lot of cars in this category, and we mm-hmm. definitely want to help you kind of, like I said, whittle things down so you've got you know something to go target. And then your last, you had a follow-up email here saying, your friends can't stand the way the MDX drives, the Acura MDX, so you're not considering Acura SUVs, so that's that's fine. Uh, that's totally okay. cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I admit my list of six here is still pretty long, but I'll get through them pretty quickly. And I kind of ranged from we changed our minds and we've got to go pretty inexpensive all the way to spending all of your budget. So I'm going to give you a range here, but it's all for consideration Good. that I think Good. are Excellent. they're noteworthy and they will be at the show. So you can really target these cars and sit in them and then think, OK, what do we really like? And then go go drive those. Mm
0: hmm. Mm-hmm
1: righty, so starting off on the lower end of the scale, but hey, it's a Kia. It's the Nero. The twenty seventeen Nero. Pretty impressive. Okay. I'm impressed with Kia across the board. I'm we Kia know, makes me heard. happy. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> Porsches? Kia makes me happy. It's a tag. Right, That's okay. a shirt. It <laughs> is. It's sold right next to the one that says Lincoln. Nothing to see here. Is Kia <laughs> makes me happy. Yeah, and the Kia makes me happy shirt has to have the hamster on it. I don't know why, well, of but course it just it does. does. Of course it does. So yeah, okay. Onward. I
1: mean, Porsches and Kias. What is wrong with me? I, I'm I, people are checking, out.
0: and no one really knows. I people know are there. checking.
1: All right. So the yeah. Nero. I like the styling. I guess a, a lot of their designs are pretty appealing to me, and they stand out to my eye. And it's I, I think it's probably because I know a lot of the people who work at Hyundai and Kia, and I know that the mm-hmm. about the design talent that I've alluded to before, they've got a lot of professional, excellent designers. And I'm noticing what they're doing. And so I think it just it stands out to me and I can reason with and see their thinking rather than just, you know, some crazy lines and crazy shapes and hey, well, we tried this for this sure. model and we'll sure. do the refresh in four years and we'll try something different. A lot of car companies kind of do that, and it—I'm seeing mm-hmm. a cohesiveness in these brands. So, yeah. Anyway, their enough de- love.
0: Their designs are very coherent. They're very—they—they they feel like everybody worked together on it and made something that does feel coherent. I—I I go with you on that for sure.
1: Agreed. All right. So, enough love for Kia, but moving on to something <laughs> other that has intrigued me, Michael. You mentioned the Grand Cherokee, but what about the Jeep Compass? The brand new refresh, the brand new design, is sort of like a miniature really? Jeep Grand Cherokee. And I kind of dig it. I kind of like the looks. I'm just saying they're on the kind um, of lower end of your budget scale. But hey, you might like it. I'm. I've never been a fan of the Compass. I think they've been horribly ugly and probably horrible cars. But the new one kind of intrigues me. So I'll just leave it at that. Well,
0: but it was it was nowhere. It's a classic category of nowhere to go but up. Well, they've gone up. Congratulations. But but at least they uh, did. But OK, fair oh, fair, but I I can't back your play there. I see why, but I can't back your play. Keep I, going. I'm
1: intrigued by the styling, I suppose. All right, so F-Pace. Mentioned the Jaguar F-Pace, and you mentioned she liked it, too. So if that's the case, please go drive one. You don't have to go crazy mm-hmm. and fully load it out to get one of those cars. XC60 is something that's really intrigued me, too. The brand, brand new I XC60. Agree. I agree. That's that, a great one. Mm-hmm. Now we're stepping up into your comment about interiors. You want something that you... You'll live with for a Mm -hmm. long time, and the interior will be great for a long time. I think the new XC60, if sitting in the new 90 is any indication, then the interiors, they're just killing it. Yes, yes, agreed. It's jewelry, like finely crafted jewelry. I think BMW interiors
0: sort of are second
1: best to Volvo, to be honest. I I hate to say that,
0: but... Volvo's killing it. Volvo's killing it. I, I, Volvo is right up there with the best in interiors right now. I totally agree with you. I'm glad you said XC60. It's on my list as well for the same reason. I don't think you buy that car because it's some dy- dynamic powerhouse, but I think the space is surprising and the interior is fantastic. If you want a nice, classy car that you can feel like you like it for a while, that's where I think the XC60 really climbs in this list for sure.
1: I think it's going to be pretty awesome, to be honest. And the seats. Mm-hmm. We love Volvo seats. They're going to be amazing.
0: They do they do great work in seats, for sure, for sure.
1: All right, so I had to have the Makan S on here. I've eyeballed these cars. They're fifty grand mm-hmm. used, slightly used. They're right at about fifty. Yeah. I would suggest driving it just as a benchmark, not because you think you're going to go buy one, but as a benchmark. And think about size and think about dynamics while you're driving this car. It's agreed. It's agreed. interesting, and I'm not going to spoil it what we said for our one of our television episodes coming up. And that was with mm-hmm. my Jeep Grand Cherokee and the Mercedes GLA AMG 45.
0: The yeah, Macon S was in the discussion. mix.
1: So I'm yeah. just yeah. putting that, that out there. And then finally here, my, uh, my wild card is a Mercedes GLC Coupe. It was the black one that you and I saw when we were shooting mm-hmm. those cars in the parking lot. I just yep. kind of kept looking over at it and going, huh. It's it's the smaller GLE coupe, but it's still the four-door SUV coupe it's, shape. I'm
0: just It's kind the of Mercedes X6. It's the Mercedes X6. Well, I can't the GLE. Is, I can't give this is, them a pass. This is like I the can't X4 give them a pass
1: almost. This is even smaller.
0: But, okay, fine, but the point is slightly coupe body shape on an SUV ride <laughs> high. I I still don't know who these cars it's are It's not for everyone. I, I don't get I it.
1: agree, but it I just kept looking at it going, "Huh." I'm just curious I, I haven't made a decision yet, but mm-hmm. she might like it and that's definitely brand new on the higher end of your budget there and the interiors Mercedes is killing it on interiors as well just they're up there with they Volvo. Are. I mean Audi's have been there for a long time, but I think Mercedes and Volvo are really the, the two leaders currently so uh, yeah their
0: stuff looks great right now I totally agree with that yeah now,
1: lots of choices but I just I wanted to mm-hmm. give you a range just because you gave us such a huge
0: spread. Uh definitely, yeah. No question. Uh, some of these no cars question. might well, drive
1: better than the other. It doesn't have to be the most expensive car that drives the best or appeals to you the most. So anyway. Well, but I, I I'm get the impression
0: clearly here, I think that's great. I get the impression clearly here from Michael that we're we're worried about the place to be of this. We're worried about the styling inside and out.
1: Mm-hmm. Michael
0: would like mm-hmm. it to be decent to drive, but that's not his fiance's first interest. And they want to to have a car that you can get into for a while and enjoy, which is one of the reasons these are going to head, I think, toward stylish interior and exterior and just nice materials and that kind of thing. That is the only concern I have on the F-Pace. When I was in the F-Pace, and I haven't driven it, but I've been in a couple, and my concern is in some trim levels, it's got more plastic than you think. And that was kind of surprising. Mm. I felt like the XE, which is their 3 Series competitor, they hide the plastic better. But once they grew the body size in the F-Pace, I was kind of surprised at some of the things that were plastic and didn't feel that nice. I I submit to you, if you got in an F-Pace and the Volvo X60 back-to-back, you'd pick the Volvo. Without driving them, I bet you you'd pick the Volvo yeah, because of interior.
1: just based on interior so alone. So that's
0: something, something to consider. I, the F-Pace is cool. I think you should drive it. The Macan or a used Cayenne is going to compete in these interior areas for sure. You do have the money for either of those. I think they are worth driving. They're on your list. I want to run through a couple that aren't on your list, and I want to run through some that are on your list that I think you should avoid. I wouldn't go Land Rover Discovery. Look, they're great. Okay, <laughs> Land Rovers <laughs> make great cars. They're those cars that that when they're brand new and you drive them around, especially if they have a little terrain park in the the, the Land Rover dealer. Oh yeah, right. You just think I must I must have this now, and then reality sets in. Especially, you're saying to me you want a long term car. I just
1: Air suspension needs fix
0: This is is the place where if you look at reliability ratings, they're always at the bottom. I hate to say it, but I'm just quoting what's out there. This is my concern when you say long-term and Land Rover. I go, and we're walking away. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's some some thoughts there. Um, You mentioned GMC terrain. I would say no. No, no, no. If you want something out of the GM lineup, you really should look at the Acadia. Now, I had a, a first-gen Acadia. They've done a refresh since then, and now they're on a whole other generation that I keep seeing a lot, and they look great. They look great. The interior's been improved. If you're thinking about a GM product, you don't want to blow the budget out, you should go drive that, that GMC Acadia right now. That is a worthwhile consideration and a surprisingly good amount of car, or SUV in this case, for the money. Um, that's especially in the loaded-out versions, very nice mm-hmm. inside and out. So yep. don't do the terrain. Go Acadia. Um, the other ones I wanted to mention, Paul already talked XC60. I have to ask this question: You said Mazda CX9, cool, but if we're talking a range of SUV sizes, you have to look at the CX5, especially the fact it just got refreshed. It's the first one to get Mazda's new interior that they're working through everything. Mm-hmm. They've revi- revised the I'll exterior. That is a great-looking car inside and out. And we've talked about it a lot. It's surprisingly dynamically rewarding. It's essentially the Mazda 3 chassis we like so much done in small SUV form, which means dynamically it does really well. I would say shop that CX-5, save yourself the money. Unless you need the seven seats of the CX-9, I would just go smaller and enjoy it more. And then I have a wild card that I'm kind of surprised isn't on here. All right. And I will end here, Michael. You mentioned in passing here Audi A4 all-road wagon. You've mentioned that you have an S6 that you love. You mentioned that your fiancé even likes the X6. She's (laughs) thinking SUV. All of these things happen. I have to go, wait a minute. Why isn't the A7 on here? Funny. It's not an SUV. It's not an SUV. Obviously, I realize that. But it is a big car, it is a nice five-seat, great place to be. You could get a used one for your budget all day long. If she likes that S6, I say look at the A7. You get the more usable big hatchback. It's great looking. That is my wild card. But I say if you're going to talk SUVs or at least big things, let's let's take a brief wild card excursion and drive <laughs> an Audi A7.
1: A brief foray over here. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. I'm looking at the CX-5, too. I am loving this styling. It looks. I know it looks
0: great. great. I was I was in the interior not that long ago, and they have, I mean their interior before wasn't bad, but they're they're doing that this I mean the same thing every automaker does when they refresh an interior they put it into one model and then it works its way out to everything right, else. Right. The first model to get the revised interior was the CX five. I saw it at the LA Auto Show last uh, last fall, and it is a really nice improvement. Their interiors already look pretty good, but this was a nice refinement. I think that CX-5, I know we beat on it a lot, but that's because it's good. And uh, and, the, and the revised interior is nice. It is a lot better car for the money than you would ever think just hearing about it. Wow. So I think it, it deserves this. a serious look.
1: Front mm-hmm. end's great. I hear you. Very clean. I know. Very tasteful. I know.
0: Wow. I'm pretty impressed. So, yeah, I think it's got a, it. got it huh. deserves a look on this serious thing. So hopefully something great. in there has helped you, Michael. And you and your fiancé, I I like the auto show idea because what you can do, the two of you together, if you have a list of things, you can start hopping in them all together. Forget how they drive for a second, which I realize is a weird sentence coming from me, but stay with me. The two of you hopping into cars, you will instantly take things off the list, instantly. Because one of you will climb in and be like, I really don't like this for this reason, and it's off the list. I bet you you could take your list of 20-something vehicles and be down to four or five by the time you're done with the auto show. Now you can go, what do we like, driving what do we like over, you know, outside of the auto show arena? I think you could whittle it down quickly because those first impressions on interiors and especially even in exterior styling are going to matter.
1: Well, we'll jump up to Jeff's debate here. Jeff is up in Canada, and mm-hmm. he writes in with a very interesting story here that is partially tragic, partially encouraging. But I would put <laughs> Jeff in the category of BMW Super Freak based on his oh, yes. ownership experience here.
0: Absolutely, yep.
1: <laughs> and I love it. He's, uh, yeah, he's had a few of them. The most recent one is, and the current situation is, the lease that he's got. He's currently got a BMW mm-hmm. 335xi with the mm-hmm. M Performance Pack fully loaded. He had come out of another 335i, and he just wanted all-wheel drive. So his situation is he's got two young kids, and he needs to drive around once, by, once or twice a week, somewhere in there. Yeah, And he's got to yeah. have all-wheel drive as well. So he's looking at BMWs. He's got this car. He's, he's leased it, loving the car. And soon after he bought it, he had a collision with a deer. And the car sustained a lot of damage, apparently, even though yeah. it's been put back together. Humpty's been put back together now. It's fine. <laughs> but, of course, it's put a $5,000 dent in the wholesale value at lease buyout Meaning yep. the sales guy is saying, doesn't make sense for you to just buy this out, doesn't matter how yep. much you yep. like it, go to something different.
0: So it's he was great, but he was a, looking for a ten year car. Bummer. He was mm-hmm. yeah, he was gonna lease this car. When the lease was up, he was gonna buy it out, and his thinking was I'll have this car for eight to ten years. Well, now it doesn't make financial sense to buy the car out, and so that's got him looking in a way he's never looked before, even to the point he's looking away from BMW, which, wow. All right, Jeff, based on your your car history here, I am a little shocked, but I want to encourage you there because, of course, we have the (laughs) disease, and part of that disease is branch out. But he's looking for what should be next, and he's hoping to duplicate his plan, meaning he'll lease something new, and hopefully when the lease is up, he'll still like it enough, he'll buy it out and keep it. So we are talking about a a daily commute car. We're talking about kids, as Paul said. But we're also talking about he's an executive. It needs to look like a nice mid-level executive luxury car because every now and then he's driving people around for work, and he has to have that perception. So we're not out buying something unexpected here from a look perspective. We're certainly not buying a coupe. So uh, his top two right now are the M240i, and uh, he kind of likes that, but he also happened to drive – a Golf R and loved it, so he's debating, can an executive like myself show up in a hatch? I don't think so. He'd love manual if he can get it. All-wheel drive is a non-negotiable, so backseat and all-wheel drive, definitely manual if possible, and of course, he's had a lot of nice cars, so technology, that's a little forward thinking because this car's going to be around a while.
1: Jeff, I like that you're sort of struggling with the Golf R in the sense that it's all about perception. And I've told the story about mm-hmm. my dad and you know the, the aviation industry that he was in, and how yeah. you know yeah. guys who own expensive planes look at an expensive car and think they're paying their insurance guy too much. Well, here you are <laughs> in a sales role that comes with the expectation that you've got to have a luxury ride, and even though the Golf R is pretty awesome and pretty nice place to yeah. be, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's the perception issue there. So that's what we're dealing with Mm -hmm. is we've got to have something that fits that need. And you've even suggested here the S3, which is essentially all that Golf R goodness stuffed into an Audi, which is interesting. Yes, I'm kind of up for that. But something stuck out here that you suggested is the brand new Mercedes-Benz C43 AMG, nine speed auto. The interior is great. Of course, it
0: it, It is definitely a
1: luxury car. It's a Mercedes-Benz. Yeah cruiser but it kind of has a personality and i kind of think that you've hit the nail on the head here this is it's not the full 63 it's not the full angry monster it's just below that yeah and it's not the entry-level car it's just kind of somewhere in here Mm -hmm. and i like that you've noted this car and i think every time when manufacturers do this bmw is the king of this but they come up with some market niche that you think really why are you suggesting this, and they've identified the buyer as you. <laughs> and they're doing their research. I mean, these product planners yeah, are going, okay, yeah. so you don't want the entry level C. Nobody's really going to throw down, you know, unless you've got gobs of cash for that AMG 63. Yeah, What's you want the between? full
0: one, but you can't quite swing it. Let's get you the almost full version. Yeah, I get that. And, and <laughs> the, we love the current C-Class. We yeah. really do. We've driven that uh, 63, in fact, the 63S, Brilliant. I mean a really brilliant car. Uh, the interior is great. I, I think that's great. Your concern is you're you're worried about the long-term reliability of Mercedes. If this was 10 years ago, I'd back your play. Now I think they're they're at a place where their cars seem to run really well. Now there will be maintenance. You're going to keep this car for 10 years. You need to, to, to look up places like Edmonds and other people that talk about what is the five-year ownership cost, you need to research that. because, But but BMW as well. I mean, BMW, Mercedes, what is the long-term ownership cost? You get out of warranty, even if it is really reliable, it's just the maintenance intervals are costly on those German cars. That's certainly a consideration here.
1: Yeah, they are. And it just kind of seems like unless it's a Lexus or Infinity, the maintenance cost is going to be decidedly higher. And
0: yeah, you kind of
1: got to pay to play, sort of. I hate to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I'm not calling you a foregone conclusion by any means, Jeff. I love that you love BMWs and German cars. I mean, I'm waving my hand right next to you, so I'm with
0: you. Yeah, seriously.
1: And I like that you've identified that you kind of are the target market for this C43, so I'm backing you there. But I've got two others that I want to just pique your interest with. Just consider them. If you want to throw them out immediately, that's fine. We're intrigued by this Alpha, the new Julia.
0: Mm, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. want
1: to direct you to the TI, the all wheel drive TI, fully loaded. Okay. It's still in your sweet spot of the price range. As I said, it does come with all wheel drive, inline four with 280 horsepower, which is not slouchy. And it's so yeah. different. It's so interesting. It is. It is. And intriguing. Yeah. Who knows about the reliability and the long termness of it? It's going to be hard to say right now. I have high hopes. I'm reading the press release, and they say built by the best craftsmen in Italy with the highest standards, and I want to believe you. I really do. Yeah. I am willing to we be We want to
0: believe that the Alfa Giulia will be the car that is not only dynamically good, but also reliably good, and unfortunately, that would be a bit of a dice roll. You want to buy a 10-year car, Jeff? Maybe this works. Maybe it really doesn't. But, uh, yeah, I hear you. I
1: mean, we could make the joke that, you know, is it reliable? Well, does it have an alpha badge on it? Well, then, you know, you've answered your own question. So
0: That's the history, sadly, yes.
1: I, I hate to say that. But, I like I said, high hopes. This is a different era. It's a different platform, different mm-hmm, construction. Mm-hmm. All those alphas, the Juliettas and all those cars in the past, they're in the past. This is new, fresh thinking. It's Let's hope fresh so. fresh design. Yeah. And so yeah. I am I am rooting for this car. So just to intrigue you, go drive it. Go see what uh, what the lease deals are and that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, it's very unique. It really is. It
1: just, I mean, I feel like if you got one, you'd be driving everywhere because, you know, everybody would want to ride in your car. I mean, the end. So, yeah. uh,
0: but brief aside here for Jeff, actually, one of the nice things, Jeff, look, I know you're looking for a, le- a car to lease and then buy out. I get that. But at the same time, if you did want to go kind of a personal wild wild card. You wanted to go for that Mercedes because you're not sure. You wanted to go for the Alpha, and you're curious. Because you are leasing, if it becomes a money pit, it'll reveal itself pretty quick. Oh, And it'll sure. be inside yeah. your lease. And so in your two years uh, in, yes, you don't want to have your t- uh, 10-year car anymore, but you can then walk away and have avoided it, just dodge the bullet of it. So there is that possibility as well. I, I would encourage you, if you're wanting to get something other than a, a BMW, then I, I think – the nice thing about a lease is you've given yourself a little bit of a safety net to see, is this car going to be a problem that I should get away from? And you're still safe.
1: Agreed. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good advice. So I want to leave you with one thought here, Jeff, and that is okay. a wild card. I went looking for used cars. Todd, okay. you just heard Todd suggest an A7. But for you, I'm mm-hmm. going to suggest an S7. What about a slightly Ooh. used 2015 Audi okay. S7 for 50 grand? Twin turbo V8. That's in my the
0: friend. budget. Yep, yep. He's hoping for 50k, maybe 60 on the high end. That's great. That's I mean, really good. I like that.
1: Wow, the seats, the mm-hmm. tech, the power. I mean, you mentioned stuff about the transmission here, and and it's not going to be a race car, I guarantee you. But yeah. at least yeah. go drive the S7. I mean, you're gonna have a really Huge, strong desire for the RS7, but they're way out of your price range. They're way out of everyone's <laughs> price range, But
0: the, the S7's got power, though. It definitely oh does. Oh, my gosh. It, it's, a, it's a great car. Yeah. I'm,
1: I'm just wondering about lease deals on those brand new, but even just slightly used. You wouldn't believe how low the mileage is across the board, and they're all fifty mm-hmm. grand. i am going,
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean, 18,000 miles on on one of them, 26 on another. I'm thinking, mm-hmm. this is barely anything. I mean, you could have this easily 10 years. No problem.
0: Yeah. Of course, maintenance. Yeah, fair point.
1: Pay to play. We're back to that scenario. So, yeah, true. Audi S7. I mean, you, interesting.
0: You go the used. That is good. You go the used route. You can't. Uh, you can't pull off the lease thing. I. Um, but I actually have a super wild card as well, and, and that's how I listed. I listed as my super wild card. Oh, really? I'm going to okay. put it right here though, because you're bringing up the S7 for your budget. If you wanted, Jeff, you could get an off lease Panamera. You could you could yes, find yourself you could. a Panamera for sixty grand absolutely you would really enjoy that car it's every bit of an executive car you might have the other problem where it's like we're paying him too much but but you could get <laughs> exactly. a lot of car for the money for a Panamera and and I think that car based on everything I know about the reliability it would be reliable not inexpensive to maintain but reliable not any weird things that would happen. I think you'd really like that car but you're going to be a little bit older probably older than you would for an equivalent s7 honestly. And uh, mm-hmm. and so and of course you couldn't get a lease on it. So that's my super wild card. I have a wild card, a more general wild card. I want to come back to <laughs> the gold, but silver, bronze. The president. Exactly. I want
1: to, talk about, exactly. I want to talk
0: about some of the ones that you <laughs> nice that you brought up, and I want to speak to those. Again, you drove the uh, the M240i in all wheel drive, and you talked about how you didn't like the ZF eight speed. And you're kind of asking us, why does everybody rave about this transmission? What it sounds like you're responding to though. You're talking about when you put your foot in it, it didn't do what you wanted as fast as you wanted. I think the issue is throttle calibration, not transmission. Mm. Because we've driven that ZF eight-speed. We've driven it on a track even. When you're working the paddles, look, it's not a dual clutch. It's surprisingly close. So when you're really telling the transmission everything you want it to do, that ZF is great. I, I suspect... That I don't know what the settings were on the car and those kind of things, but I suspect the issue that you're having is throttle calibration and not one of transmission response. So um, the ZF really is great. I'd be curious for you to have more experience with it. I think you'd be uh, pleasantly surprised by it. However, because you brought up the Golf R, and you have like a whole paragraph here about why you like the Golf R, and then you went, (laughs) except it's a hatch. And you skipped over. You skipped over the S3. You just said the S3 possibly as well. The S3 is your car, It is. If you like the Golf R that much, the one thing you lose with the S3 is you can't get a manual, but you don't really want a manual. I mean, maybe, but you're fine without it. The S3 is more of an executive-looking car. Definitely is. It it is is. the Golf R with an executive sedan body on it. I mean, it isn't as dynamic as the M235i we drove, but we drove rear-wheel drive manual. You're talking all-wheel drive BMW with 8-speed. So I think at that point it becomes a lot closer battle. The S3 because you like the Golf R, I think the S3 is just I think that's your car, honestly. I think that perfectly matches what you need. So I'm really going to push for that one. If you want to branch out, I think your C60, C, pardon me, your C43 AMG is a good one. And then my wild card is at least go look, go take a serious drive of the Cadillac ATS. Oh really? Because no kidding. Why not? I mean, look, Why it's, 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 uh, okay, it's okay. one of the it's one of the best chassis in the segment. You get the magnetic ride control. It has incredible handling. It has a unique look. It isn't a, a car that everybody has. And it's a great-looking car. Yes. So and Cadillac is stop you to checking to go, your birth
1: year when you walk into the door of the dealership. That's so true. That's true. It, they're they're
0: it. now accepting anybody. yeah yes, There's apparently. no AARP cards or anything. It's great. Exactly. So I, I say definitely go look at the ATS. It may not be on your radar, but at least should be. That's my wild card because it fits everything you need and I think you'd enjoy it.
1: It's very nice looking. I do agree. And uh Magnetic Ride. I I could be sold on just about anything with Magnetic Ride. That is just I agree. It's it's it fantastic. It kind of kills else. the segment, whatever it's in. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Although the S three, that's that's still pretty cool. I mean it's it's a bit of a sleeper and, and you think, why is there an S three and then there's an R S three as well? And the R S three would just be too boy racer, too punishing, too too much. And they identify this category. And it's, it's like (laughs) the, it's like the AMG, the C43. It's like this mid range category that is still hot, but they've dialed it back. So it doesn't encroach. And I'm just amazed how product planning trickles down to the actual engineering of the car because they will say, well, it can't do this. It's got to go really fast and do all this, but engineer it. So it's just a little bit less than the, you know, the hot model. I'm
0: it's yeah. amazing. Dial it back. Instead of being an eleven on a ten scale, this one's running at a nine and a half. Yeah, exactly. That's definitely how they're doing it. And the but the S three. I, I, I keep reading this whole description from Jeff about the Golf R, and I just keep going <laughs> Golf R without with Golf R with sedan body S three, and we're done. So I think that's the answer. I really do.
1: Well, there are a ton of questions here on social media, as I alluded to earlier, yes. and I've just got to jump right in from Bogdan Please. here. He asks us if we've ever been scared as a passenger, and I think you mean on a track, and you're Mm -hmm. saying here not when just a car owner drives badly, but while you're on a track with a pro driver, getting hot laps, properly scared, and, you know, everything that comes with being scared, uh, all those emotions. Yeah, yeah. Hanging on for dear
0: life, yes. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that Sabine took you on a ride in her Porsche. You are a lucky guy, sir. That Seriously, is pretty yeah. awesome to claim that you've got uh, a ride from Sabine Schmitz, and uh, I'm sure she was very fast and smooth. And that's that's when you know a driver is really pro when they're not frantic, and they're just,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they're still, you know, sawing away at the wheel, but they're not, you know, they're just not frantic about it. And their inputs are a yeah. lot smoother. And I guarantee you, they're the fastest thing on the track. All right, so there was a, a time when Todd and I were at Motor Press Guild Track Day, and this was a few mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. And both you and I had this ride from a driver named Brian Heitkotter. You remember him?
0: I do remember him, yeah, the guy from the uh, the Nissan uh, Gran Turismo Challenge. It was that reality show that actually picked drivers at the end. He was one of the winners, yeah.
1: Yes, he won in 2011 at PlayStation GT Academy, and has mm-hmm. had moved on to becoming a pro driver for Nissan. And he was giving hot laps in the Nismo GTR, the, yep. the hot one. And of course, they wouldn't let any of the journalists drive it. But Brian was happy to take you for three laps as hard as he could go. <laughs> and he I was I thundering
0: just, by everyone. Oh he God. had the general, just like free pass rule all day long. Yes.
1: No kidding. So I jumped in with him, and we were at Big Willow uh, up in uh, Willow Springs. Uh, track Mm -hmm. and i glanced over when we're coming off the straightaway that first left right there i think it's turn one yeah the first turn turn
0: one there at the end of the end of the long straight yep Mm -hmm. i
1: glanced over at a speedo and he he lifted a tiny bit and we entered the turn at 130
0: (laughs) willow's a fast track but that is a (laughs) blistering entry speed on that corner yeah
1: Let's just say he knew the car and he knew what it could do. But I'm also thinking yeah. to myself, homeboy's fast, but the car is pretty amazing here too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So we enter at 130. And then for turn two, where it's up the hill in the horseshoe, I think yeah. it's – yeah, I think it's turn two. He looks over yeah. at me while we're doing this and he says, you know how the rule about slow in, fast out? Sometimes it's okay, okay <laughs> to go fast in. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Brian, you got me, buddy. You got me. <laughs> if,
0: if, if you're driving the GTR the Nismo race version, then feel free. Yeah, best of luck to you. The, your four-wheel drift while all all wheels are running. And bravo to him. He was killing it that day for oh, sure. Oh, my yeah. gosh.
1: I, I, it wasn't so much that I was scared. I was just marveling at what he was doing and his mm-hmm. his intimate knowledge of the track and knowledge of what the car could do. I was marveling at all these things coming together for a brilliant lap. Because he knew yeah, the track, yeah. like I said. He knew right where he could place the car. But then I felt – I thought, okay, that's the car pulling us out of there with the power and the all-wheel drive and the way it works and all that stuff. And I thought, that's pretty amazing. I mean, this thing is a brilliant car. So they were just blistering laps. And uh, I was mm-hmm. amazed, of course. Yeah, he's he's definitely the guy. Um, but I, I wasn't scared so much as just sort of amazed and marveling at everything working together yeah, yeah. and definitely aspiring to do that. So. That was uh, he, he was, that was on it story. all day, for oh, sure.
0: Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, speaking of, of frightening things, I'm not sure why I, I got called out here, but Donald Smith wrote in to me only. He didn't <laughs> write to you at all, Paul. He said, has Todd had accidents or close calls while driving other people's cars during shoots?
1: Yeah, I wondered why that it, is. Why is he just it, calling am you Am I out? wearing, uh,
0: it, it's just, is it the red shirt? Why? What's the deal <laughs> where you just think I'm the one that's having a problem here? What impression have I given you? However, unfortunately, I do have two stories. Um. yeah, here's the two <laughs> stories. First off, very, very early on in the show, I, I imagine you remember this too, Paul. Very early on in the show, one of our very first press cars was a, a V6 uh, Genesis Coupe. And I got that car, picked it up from Paul. We had it from the press fleet, picked uh, it up from yeah. Paul. I took it on uh, <laughs> uh, one yeah. of our really good roads in L.A., but I took it on one of those roads in L.A. right kind of during the first rainstorm of the year, which is when everything is overly slimy in L.A. And I did a corner wrong. I headed toward the wrong wall at the wrong time. This could have been horrible, but luckily I saved it just short of horrible. And the result was I dinged the front end. I mean, like almost dead center in the front bumper. I smacked the wall. Now, when I say smacked, I do mean like just beyond the range of a five-mile-an-hour bumper. I got out and went, well, hmm. If we still shoot it right, it'll be fine. <laughs> that car's in the video post-accident. Yeah. post, post accident, So it's not post like I had major damage. So, but I mean, I felt so terrible because it was like our second or third press car ever. And we shot it. We got the whole shoot done because, again, the car wasn't damaged enough that you could even tell on video. But then we returned, one of my all-time favorite stories, we returned the car to the press fleet and they all but ignored it. They were like, yeah, okay, fine, yeah, whatever. And they just kind of got in, drove off, and we still got other cars from them. I couldn't believe that. That was shocking to us. Yeah, They were like, yeah, we see it, no problem, whatever. So that happened. And then there's the other one, the the more expensive one.
1: Uh-oh, yeah. That is
0: very much not my fault. You remember this one? We had we drove a Tesla Model S here in Utah. Oh, yeah. The guy the, the yeah. guy whose car we borrowed, he'd Gosh. had it for a couple of months. He had it for a few thousand miles. He was with us, he was very nice, he was very accommodating. I was out doing drive-bys for that shoot. I wasn't doing anything weird, but it was springtime in Utah when there's a lot of junk on roads. And somebody's big four-by-four four with big knobby tires was going the opposite direction from me in their own lane. One of their knobby tires picked up a rock and hurled it perfectly skyward, and it came down dead center of the windshield as I was passing them. Oh I wasn't gosh. doing anything. I was just driving along. They were driving along, and I heard and kind of saw this rock fling up and nailed the dead center of the windshield, cracked the windshield. I had to come back and park this guy's I've just gotten and I'm excited about it. Tesla and get out and be like, I need you to come here and look at your windshield it's cracked. We will replace it. At which point, we discovered just how expensive <laughs> Tesla windshields say. can be. What was the final tally on that? <clears throat> uh, I remember it It was, hurt. It was uh,
1: right in the neighborhood of approaching $1,300 for a Tesla. Oh. Nice big piece of glass on there. Lovely compound yeah. curvature piece of glass that has all this built-in stuff, you know. Oh, my god! Yeah, gosh. thank
0: God that, that wasn't the one on the Model X, which I'm pretty sure would have bankrupted the show. But the yeah, Model no S kidding. was a plenty expensive windshield. So those are my two stories, Donald. I hate that you, you, you know, picked on me, but uh, I do have those two <laughs> stories for you.
1: All right, so regular guy 81 just calls this out. Based on the photo on Instagram that Chance posted, does the Porsche 918 qualify for the hybrid car tax credit? And he's kind of being serious about it. I'm curious too. So I went looking. And indeed it is. There's actually three that qualify from the IRS. And those are the Porsche Cayenne SE Hybrid, the Panamera SE Hybrid, and our friend the 918 Spyder. You get back $3,667. Not like you need it if you own one of those cars. I mean, that's well,
0: but that that won't even buy you one of your options. That won't even buy you one of your options. You no, check check no. one option box box on that car, and it's more than your your tax credit. However, why you're getting a tax credit when you're buying the nine eighteen is beyond me. However, that means you probably could also get the clean vehicle sticker in in California and driving the HOV lane mm, by yourself, which that's is true. a coup. That's the coup. That's even bigger than the tax credit. That's I mean, the thing you really want. I really loved the Porsche
1: 918. I wasn't quite sure, but man, that tax credit pushed me over the edge. And am I exactly. ever glad I got the 918 Spider? Man
0: said no one said That's no. One never ever. been said before, right now. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. So it does. Great question. I was curious, and yeah, whatever. The IRS is having a field day with that one. They've they've <laughs> got to be laughing. They've got to be.
0: Well, the 9, the 918 owners are the one laughing about that scenario. <laughs> Guess but so. Yeah, I hear you for sure. Um, Chad wrote in, Chad's actually been writing us a lot of good questions, but he said, I I wanted to bring that up because his question, I read it and instantly thought of one. He said, what are some cars we've been pleasantly surprised by in one way or another? And I have to say, we don't call it out much on the podcast, though they're becoming almost disposably cheap. I have to say I was really surprised by the Fiat 500 apart because not that long prior we'd driven the Fiat 500 Mm -hmm. and both were not impressed at all. Yeah, and so yeah. I got in the Abart. You know, I, I I wanted it to be good, but I really didn't think it would be, and it's not as good dynamically as the Fiesta ST. If you watch our piece comparing them, the Fiesta is just better dynamically. But there is a personality in that 500 Abart that is undeniable, and it's one of those cars that any time I drove it, I had so much fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's a great one. That's a great one that I I was surprised by because I just kept thinking I I don't want to like this car this much, and yet. I can't deny it. It's great. So that's one for sure.
1: Yeah. The Alpha 4C is one for me, but it's a little bit of a foregone conclusion because it's a 4C. It looks great. You think, I'm going to like this as it is. I liked it a little bit more than I thought I would. I thought, okay, Mm -hmm. this is a cool, fun little miniature Ferrari. I'll probably like it. But I really did kind of dig that car. It's got its foibles and flaws and you know, nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect, but I – (laughs) yeah. I was intrigued by that. It's definitely not on the scale of the Abart, though, really. And that makes me wonder about the, the Fiat 124, the Fiata. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. I'm wondering about the engine. I'm wondering about having turbo punch in that car. I'm very curious about this. It almost seems yeah. like the less expensive, smaller cars have more room to run to surprise you to mm-hmm. be good. Mm-hmm. Because if it's Fair. a big, expensive, or it's a fast Porsche or something, well, of course you're going to like it. I mean – Right, I mean, you're yeah, gonna have there, to there dig that... deep to dislike something like that. That's expensive. Sure.
0: Right? Well, there is that thing where you take the full-on economy car that isn't dynamically interesting, and then to be able to take that platform and make something great out of it. You're right. The leap is a lot farther. I take that point for sure. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, that I mean, that a Bart, and, and people have been sending us uh, postings. They're finding of those Barts are ten to twelve grand. You can find them. That's shockingly good deal for a very fun car if you can find one of those for that. Track car. That could be well, interesting. Yeah, or it's practically just it's almost it's almost the disposable winter beater. You know? Mm-hmm. It's almost the there's your fun car for wintertime. I know I just yeah. recommended a, a, a little small pocket dragon for wintertime, but hey, I'm the guy that drives an orange teenager's car. So <laughs> it works out. Yeah. In my mind, if 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 you know me, that actually made some sense.
1: <laughs> it kinda does. All right, KG Mustang coming in on Instagram as well. Wrapping a car or plasti-dipping? Which is better and why? Hmm. I'm not much for this plasti-dipping craze. It's not even a craze, it's just here and there. It's a thing. People think it's a great it's a definite idea. Thing. The plasti-dipped stuff is great on those lifted Wranglers, the Rubicons, and all those hmm. perfect hmm. for that. When you're just okay. throwing rocks and mud and all that kind of stuff and you clean your car with a pressure washer then you know plastic dipping is for you but (laughs) not on a car i just it just ah no it it, it's it ruins the lines it ruins the sculpture it ruins everything for me i'm all about wrapping everything a bit i'm all about it because it's temporary they should last five years somewhere in that neighborhood still and you can be really creative. It's like wearing a wig for five years or something. You can just mm-hmm. be somebody totally mm-hmm. different. Halloween for your car or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah. it's. Uh, well, you think about the Stradman locally. He's got that yeah. uh, Lamborghini that is yeah. orange. And, of course, obviously I like orange cars. He had it wrapped purple for a little bit. And then now he's got a weird purple, white, black camo thing that, love it or hate it, you're never going to miss that car. No and thing. yet underneath it, it's an orange Lamborghini, which you know will be a sellable color. Yep. So that's yep. yeah. There's there's a real flexibility. I feel like there's more flexibility in wrapping than there is in dipping, but um, but I see the benefits of both. I, I get it. There's a there's a way to, to there's I feel like there's more of a DIY play element in the Plasti dip Just go to your driveway and try something out. Whereas <laughs> you're probably not going to do that with a wrap. Whereas you can take it to somebody and get a car wrapped really nicely and make it look very different, which is cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. That's. Uh kind of interesting plastic dipping is permanent though i you just you're committing you're really
0: no no you can peel it you can, can peel you? it you can get yeah you can get the edge of it you can peel it off eventually you can i mean you it's kind of like I, I forget how to describe it but you can actually start working the edge of it and then it just it rolls off in those little rubber balls you actually can take it off
1: does it not take the clear coat with it and and no pull it does
0: it doesn't you can you can take it. You can take it off, and it theoretically is no more damaging than a wrap. But it's not coming off in the big, huge sheets either. It's, no, no. It's a much more involved process to get it back off of there than uh, than the simple. Well, simple. Than the big sheets that would peel off for a normal wrap. But it, mm-hmm. yeah, it definitely comes off.
1: Interesting. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. What else? Uh, what else? Andreas. Stuck
0: Andreas wrote in, and he was talking about the really cool video that the Gears and Gasoline guys did for us. And thank you again, guys, for doing it. It really is very cool. And he was, of course, noticing, because we haven't done a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff before, of course, and there's all of our gear being shown off there. And he was noting our new little camera, which is actually a, a Panasonic Lumix G7. We bought a little one on purpose in order to have 4K, but to still have something really small we could mount on the exterior of the car. So that's there. And we also, you noticed, put Canon lenses on it, which made you ask... What adapter are we using? I swear by the Metabones adapters. Their adapters are awesome. They are very tight fit. They are perfect for, for those big mm-hmm. Canon lenses. We've got yeah. the nice L-series lenses, and I swear by those Metabones. You can get them with or without uh, the light increase and, uh, and so the, the speed booster of it. The Speed Booster is more than twice as expensive. If you need that for your lens, you need a really fast lens. Uh, The Speed Booster is great. It's twice as much money. You can get the standard without, and it still works all the electronics of your lens, which is awesome. It's still a fairly expensive adapter, but anything the camera does, it'll tell the lens and vice versa. So that's the great thing about those. If you're looking at an adapter, that's your primary question, and uh, and that's what I would go for.
1: I've been called out by Tyler, and I'm hoping this wouldn't happen, but it did... He got me. Okay. He said, here's a Paul question. Which would you rather own, the Honda CRZ or the Kia Soul? Like, dang it. Somebody finally (laughs) called me out
0: on this. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Random cars you recommend. There they are.
1: I love the personality of both. I'm going to go for the CRZ because the Soul I really enjoy renting. I just don't know if I'd want to live with it all the time and own one. The CRZ I could see myself owning because – manual transmission and you can track it sure. and it's sure. you know all those kinds of things a lot sportier more fun yeah. I, I yeah. think I'm leaning towards CRZ but my love for the soul remains so I it, ah. it's
0: dang it it's deep and it's real it's frightening it's deep and it's real for sure yeah
1: <laughs> another Kia t-shirt we're just like giving a marketing gold here
0: I don't know that it's gold. We're giving out something, though. Uh, I I think we're actually over an hour already, so we probably should wrap it up. But uh, did you have any other questions you wanted to cover?
1: I'll leave it there. I'll leave the uh, getting called out on that one. I'll I'll leave it there for now. But, yeah, thank you guys for great questions. Just you've, you've bowled us over here. It's amazing.
0: We're going to have to do an all-question podcast here shortly. And keep in mind, when we hit, this is uh, the early 180s. I think it's 182. When we hit uh, podcast number 200, we will do an all-question podcast that will be an all non-car question podcast just like we did at the 100 mark so that will happen but keep burying us in car questions between now and then we we do do love them feel free to post repeats we see the repeats they do work their way to the top of the pile it's just a matter of time so thank you guys for also all of your car debates everyday driver tv at gmail or through our website at everydaydriver.com and I will say one more time, if you're curious, what's on season one of television, that's now posted on the website and will find its way to YouTube for those of you that don't have Velocity. If you do have Velocity, thank you for DVRing and telling friends. And all of that helps us do more for season two and more for the web in general.
1: Agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you guys so much as, again. And uh, we really appreciate you listening and watching and following along. Until next time. Cheers.